Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, church family. God bless you this morning. Last night we had a little bit of fun and borscht. It was a great evening. Thank you to everyone who helped last night. It was a joy to be with Kelly and to lead with her. We've known for a little over a week about her decision, and uh, so um, we, we share the, the joy in, in the going and, and think of her and pray for her and her family uh, today. And, uh, and uh, she, she, we're not going to say goodbye. We'll be saying see you later to Kelly, that's for sure, and praying for her on whatever the Lord has in the next step of her journey. That's for sure. Mission Harvest Sunday, a 90-pound watermelon. 90 pounds. So whoever wants to buy that watermelon, Pastor Rob is asking from the pulpit to have a little piece of it. I just want to be able to say, I ate a 90-pound watermelon. You know, you got to be able to say that you had that, yes. <laughs> so, it's just a request. If you want to eat the whole thing, God bless you. <laughs> Dinner last night was a joy, just a joy, and, uh, and borscht was beautiful. Uh, to Katie and those who helped her to, to make the sanctuary so beautiful, what a, what a lovely, what a lovely, beautiful sanctuary. And for all the baked goods, they were baked uh, earlier last week, and to... Uh, and this week, and this, the church smelt beautiful. So it, what a wonderful place to have an office in a bakery. <laughs> so uh, uh, thank you, Marga, and the team, and all the ladies, Mrs. Voth, everyone who uh, came and worked hard. So there are buns galore here in the front and back in the sanctuary. So as a newly inducted Mennonite brethren pastor, uh, I am so grateful. I've never been at a church like this before, and uh, to celebrate our, our, our evening last night and to come in a 90-pound watermelon. I still can't get over that. So grateful, so grateful for you and for this church family. So the scripture this morning uh, that I chose, uh, Psalm 67, it, uh, it seemed perfect. It just seems perfect. May God be gracious to us and bless us, make his face shine on us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. So this morning, we are praising God. We're praising God for the harvest. We're praising God for the comings. And we're praising God for the goings. Amen. 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 So on Harvest Mission morning, this was an opportunity for me. I am a missionary. And having spent 15 years in Africa, there's a little bit of Africa in me. Um, I think, the things I think, the things I see, the way I react, it's not Canadian. Because I, I've been, the filter of my life has grown through an experience of living in Africa for many years. And I loved it. I loved it. So, I want you to come to Kenya with me today. Um, it's a 16-hour flight from Toronto. We have to fly Toronto through Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam, and then the, you'll catch, we'll catch Air Kenya from Amsterdam down to Nairobi. It's 12,187 kilometers, so it's a good, long journey. 
I'd love to take you there myself, and one day we will take a mission trip there. Is that okay? Would you like to go? If you haven't seen Africa, you haven't seen the world. It is incredible. Um, so, seeing that it's impossible to get us all on the plane this morning, I'd like to paint some pictures uh, with my words. I want to take you down to my church. I had two churches, one Carriobangi South and one down in one of, it was called a, um, a marginalized neighborhood. The, it, it, it's sort of a slum. Uh, there's about half a million people there. And um, it's called Mathari Valley. But before we go, I have to teach you a little language. Now, I've come to Scott Street and I'm learning language. Uh, if I say, God signa dish. How is that? What did I say? God bless you. And plautich. Plautich, plautich. Low, low, low German. Hi. I have so many teachers here. You're all teaching me. You're all teaching me. That was, I don't know, it was meant to be low, but I aimed high. I don't know. God bless you. God signadish. God bless you. Well, we're going to Africa, and God signadish will not get you very far in Nairobi. We need to say that which we learned last night. If you were there at, uh, at our, our big borscht dinner last night, I taught you how to say God bless you in Swahili. Swahili. So, those of you who were there last night, I know you memorized it, but we'll try it again today. We're gonna, when we land, you have to say God bless you when you re- greet people, and you always shake hands. So, God bless you in Swahili is, the word for God is mungu. Say mungu. Say again, mungu. And then, he is a, you is ku, and bless is bariki. So we have it. Did he spell it right? Mungu Aku Bariki. David, David, you Colombian wild man, you. <laughs> Spelling Swahili correctly. Mungu Aku Bariki. Again. Mungu Aku Bariki. One more time. Mungu Aku Bariki. God bless you. So. Next Sunday, when Doug Hebert is here, we are going to surprise him. He is coming in from Burundi and uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, where they speak Swahili. 400 million people speak Swahili. Millions of Christians uh, today will have said Mungu Akubariki all over sub-Saharan Africa. So when Doug's here next week, we're going to surprise him with Mungu Akubariki. So be ready for what's happening next Sunday. We land in the capital city, Nairobi. We travel to the neighborhood in Nairobi called Mathari Valley. 500,000 people, half a million people. It's three square miles with half a million people. Unbelievable. There are over 70,000 children in Mathari, and there are four schools. So there's a lot of kids not able to go to school. This is not all of Africa. This is one neighborhood. This is the neighborhood where I lived and I worked, and, um, and I loved it. I loved it. At the top of Mathari Valley, there's a road. It's called Juja Road. And it's a, it's a busy road with all the services for half a million people. It's got potholes and lots of, um, lots of dust, depending on the time of year, whether it's the dry season or the rainy season. I have to park at the top 
of Mathari Valley because there's no roads down in it for, for cars. There's only roads for walking. So I have to park at a petrol station, Macharia's petrol station. It's about a kilometer from the, the little path that goes down to, to the church where we're going. You walk along the, the road, and everybody's selling everything on the sides of the road in these little plastic huts. They're called dukas. And in the duka, they sell uh, tomatoes and uh, vegetables. They sell little gas cans. They sell wood. They sell clothes and water and fried meat. They cut your hair. They'll sell you a mattress. Everything is being sold along the side of the road. Perhaps you've been in some developing cities and you've seen this. Um, as you're walking along the road, the matatus are flying by you. A matatu is a bus. Do we have the bus, David, the matatu? Or is that later on? Uh, there we are. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful thing? And there's always one or two guys hanging out the, the door saying, Beba, beba, get on, get on, kobole, kobole, uh, five shillings, 50 shillings. And, uh, and even if you don't get, want to get on, they'll grab you and push you in through their matatu. Because they're, and they're privately owned, and they have big, loud horns. And the louder the horn, the better. Because they want to get your attention. So they're kicking up the dust and shouting out, Beba, Beba. It's an exciting place. It's a, it, Scott Street is boring. Just boring. <laughs> where, where are the people shouting in the dust? So you've walked one kilometer along the top. You've passed dozens of matatus. And we see a, a dirt path going down the hill. Mathari Valley is, is the road is at the top, and then it's a hill, 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 down to a river, the Mathari River at the bottom. Um, this path that we take to go down to my church is um, through the charcoal district. A lot of people still cook with charcoal. Um, charcoal is made out in the bush. They burn the trees, and then they cover the trees with dirt, and they turn into charcoal. And then they, they dig them out of the dirt, they put them in big bags, and they take them to the charcoal district, in Mathari, half a million people got to cook. And so that's a lot of charcoal. So what happens is that the children, all of these 70,000 and more children, when they get up in the morning, they always have a bath. And after their bath, you paka mafuta. You, mom and dad will, will put a nice lotion, a cream on them. Sometimes it's like a Vaseline. And the children are so beautiful. So they're, they're, they're soft and they're shiny. Um, and, uh, and they're covered in a cream. And what happens is that when you go down through the, the charcoal district, the children have played with the charcoal. So you've got a greasy child and charcoal. What do you think you get when you have charcoal and greasy child? You get a charcoal greasy child. You've got a beautiful, shiny here and charcoal there, beautiful kids, and they all want to say, Sasa, Sasa, and you say, Fiti. Sasa means now, and Fiti means good, and they want a high five, they want to, to shake your hand, so by the time you're at church, you're covered in child. <laughs> child and charcoal. And um, they all, so you get a stream of children walking behind you. We get down to the last path before the river, and we turn right on another path, being followed by beautiful charcoal children. The church is just a shack, and it's in what's called the Shanga district. Um, the Shanga is an alcohol made from fermented corn. 
and it's very strong. They say if a white man drinks it, they will die. Uh, I don't know because I didn't try it. And they make these big drums of it. Uh, there's the church there. Did we have the Shanghai picture with the drum? There we are making it. So they have these huge metal drums. They fill it with corn and other things, and they make alcohol. This booze is so strong that it makes many people sick. And um, it, it, uh, they have, there are areas where there's just people laying on the ground, uh, inebriated. Uh, you don't know if they're alive or dead, but um, they're, they've had too much Shanghai, that's for sure. So the church is in the middle of this district down by the river. So what they do is they have these big barrels full of, they make the alcohol, they distill it. But the problem is they need to get all of the gunk out of them so they can make more alcohol. So what they do, usually during worship on Sunday, is they plug the top of the barrel with a big cork and a rope that's attached to the, it's a rubber sort of plug. And they heat the barrel up, they heat it up, they heat it up till it's about to burst. And they pull the plug and out shoots all of the stuff that makes the alcohol, it rains alcohol. It rains smelly corn mash for, for dozens of meters around there. And our church is within meters of the river. So you hear a bang and the, they pop the cork and all the stuff. And then you hear tinkle, tinkle on the roof. And then you smell. You smell the refuse of the alcohol. It smells a lot better here this morning. It smells really good here. The church has a concrete floor and, uh, and with deep cracks in it. There, that's it. Um, the little church. So we're right down at the bottom of the hill, made of scraps of wood. It has a corrugated mabati roof. It's um, it's, it's not really tin. It's some it's a metal roof and walls. No glass in the windows. Um, the windows have shutters. Um, We've had to start nailing the shutters closed because the guys who make the booze break into the church, steal the pews, use them for wood to make alcohol. So you show up to church and, and uh, there's no place to sit because they, will, uh, they needed firewood. Um, the air in, in this area, it's really hard, you know? It's really hard. I would go to worship uh, as the pastor at uh, Mathari Valley, Mathari South. And, um, and in Kenya, you dress well. And I was working with an African church, and part of what we did, it was called the African Christian Church and Schools. What you did in that church is that the pastors always wore a collar. You know that little white dog collar thing, that little collar that pastors used to wear? So I would go down there, and you always wear a jacket, and you always wear trousers, full trousers. Men don't wear shorts, um, because they were forced to in colonial days. So there's no man who is self-respecting will wear shorts. So I'm going down to this tin shack in, in equatorial Nairobi in a, in a full suit. And it is, it, it, it's a weight loss program. <laughs> you know, you are just sweating. Inside the church... The walls are covered in paper. It's old, some of it's torn, and there's the alphabet, there's pictures of animals, because this is also a school. It's a church on Sunday, and it's also a school. Um, the, the boards are usually, well, you can imagine the tin in the boards get covered in the refuse from Shanga, not to mention children touching them with charcoal hands and the like. And um, 
You know, it's, uh, you get used to it. It's life. And it's our church. And we love it. And God gave it to us. And we will serve him there. Um, by the time I get to church, there's usually myself and a few other the leaders and a whole bunch of kids who have followed to see what's going on. They follow you. Uh, and they'll sit down. And, you know, kids are so smart and so curious. And they, they want to know what's going on. So those sweet little things come in and, and uh, they'll sing a couple songs and then they'll head out. People come to church in church clothes. Do you remember the days when you wore your church clothes? Yeah. Hey, someone in a tie said amen. They wear their best. Women in Kenya are dressed impeccably. They wear a, a, a lace or a conga. It's a beautiful a printed cloth. And, um, and they don't walk, they flow. Just beautiful, you know. Um, and the men will, will wear jackets and trousers and a tie. They, they look great. So just because you live in a marginalized neighborhood in a slum doesn't mean you look like you have troubles or you, you look dirty. In fact, you look pretty darn good. You look very proper. And church is important. And your clothes, you know, your clothes are important. You want to wear your best for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wear your best for Jesus. They come to sing and praise. They come and are thankful for what they have. They're thankful for their families. They're thankful for their children. Their harvest. They're thankful for their roof of tin or plastic or whatever they have over their homes. They're thankful for their health. And they're thankful for the food in their stomach. And they all have something... uh, in their stomach. They all eat in the morning a bread or some egg, um, some cornmeal. They, 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 they eat a very simple diet, but they eat well. And when we get to church, we pray for people with no clothes, with no food, with no roof over their head. They are very aware that there are people who are worse off than them. You know, they don't come to church and say, Woe is me. You know, I live in Mathari Valley. They don't. They don't. These are thankful people. They love life. They love their families. Sometimes I'll go visit some of the sisters in Mathari. They'll take me down behind their house and they'll have some sugar cane growing. And, and they'll, they'll get me a piece of sugar cane and we'll, we'll chew and spit and chew and spit together. Have you, ever, have you had raw sugar cane? You know how to eat raw sugar cane, don't you? Yeah, you gotta spit. You gotta spit. They gave me a name because you can't say Rob. Rob is a ridiculous name. It has an R. And in, in the Kikuyu tribe that I've been working with, there's no R. So an R becomes a single alveopalatal flap that sounds like Allah. So my name, if they were to use my English name, they'd call me Lob. And that just sounds funny, Lob. So some of them try to speak English. Hello, Dr. Lob, Lob Patson. So they gave me a real name because Rob, Robert is not a name. They took a month and they baptized me Macharya. Macharya. Macharya means curious George. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, laugh. That's okay. They, get, they, they baptize you with a name and they called me Macharya and I am proudly Macharya. Always learning. It's Kikuyu from the Kikuyu verb Kusharya. To learn, to seek, to find. I'm a seeker, I'm a finder, I'm a learner. And I will learn Plautich. Amen. Um, They are so poor, but they are so rich. 
They are so grateful for the little they have. They put me to shame. How many pairs of shoes do I have? I have to, I have to get a shelf and another shelf to put all my shoes on them. To, you know, there's so, I have so many pairs. I have black and brown. <laughs> but since moving, I've realized I have three single shoes. A black, a brown, and a running shoe. The other three have escaped between Vancouver and St. Catherine. So if you see three shoes running around, they're mine. As I look around at us, as you look at all this, you wonder, how much do we have to be thankful for? Amen. How much, Gerhard, in the prayer, for running water. What a gift. Do you know how heavy water is? Have any of you carried water into the house? Yeah, back in the days, you know. Water. Um, for, for warmth and heat, without having to go and cut down a tree or buy kuni to buy um, a firewood. Warmth. For telephones that work. Yeah. For garbage pickup. There's no garbage pickup in Mathare. Garbage, you either sort through it and try to sell it or, um, or you use it. You use it in some way. We're thankful for our health and food in our stomachs. How many of us ate this morning? Now, the interesting thing is there's my generation and the younger ones who have never been hungry. How many here have ever been hungry and you had no food? One, two, yeah. There's some of you, yeah. You, you, those are, that's a story we need to learn. Because many of us have never been hungry. In the history of mankind, there's only a few people can say that. You know, that they've never been hungry. And that's me. Psalm 69, 30 says, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than ox, more than a bull with his horns and hoofs. The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts live. Yeah. We seek God. We glorify him, and we're thankful for all that we have. During Sunday morning worship, each group gets up at church. We're back in Mathari. They stand up and they sing. The men sing first, and it's usually a little painful. The children then get up, and they dance and sing, and they're wonderful. The youth group, the teens get up, and they do a song. And then my favorite, the women get up. And again, they don't walk. They float in their beautiful congas and lesos. They get up and they sing a little I'm coming to the front song and they sort of dance to the front. They start a little song and they start dancing up to the front. And they sway together up to the front. Oh, it's so beautiful. And once they get to the front, they sing a song. They stop and the leader will sing a song. They don't have papers. They don't have books. They got the song in their heart. And um, it's so nice. They love their songs. And when they sing, they dance. And I'm not going to dance today because someone could get hurt. Uh, they sway and they clap and they sing and they have joy. Uh, it, 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 here's a song. Guy walk one moon and a guy walk one moon and a guy walk one moon and a guy walk one guy. Alleluia. Amen. It's so nice. Not when I sing it. When they sing it, it's so beautiful. And then, in Kikuyu, Gaiwakwa ni munene. Gaiwakwa means our God. Ni is munene, fat. Because fat and healthy and big and large means power. 
And they see God as my my God is so fat, he's everything. And I had to learn to understand that. And maybe after the bake sale, more of us will understand that. <laughs> my God is so large. They, they, when they sing, it seems the cares flow away. They don't drag them down. Instead, they have joy. How many of you had joy during worship this morning? Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes you can't even help yourself. After you, you just loved it so much, you got to clap. And you know, that's all right. That's all right. We're not clapping for the great musicians, but boy, they're great. We are clapping because we love God, and that worship touched me. It touched me. And that happens in Africa. We don't have guitars and, and amplifiers and beautiful pianos, but they sing from their heart. They sing the songs from their heart. We sing, we pray, we give, we preach. You might wonder how they could have so much joy in such a difficult situation. But what I learned in Africa, man, I learned a lot. One of the key things is I learned that joy comes from within, not from without. We are society in, in Canada. We buy so much stuff, we think that if we buy it, if we have it, we'll be happy. We, if TV makes us, we think we can find happiness in our TV, our sports teams, our clothes, our video games, our stuff, our iPads and our iPods. But you know, there's, there's the stuff, the joy of stuff is short-lived. You know, things wear out. The Leafs never win. Okay, they do win. But the Jays, the season is over. The season is over. Real joy, real joy is love and life and faith and family. Amen? It's from within. James 1, 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Peter 1.8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Joy in difficulty, joy in faith. That's where you'll find joy and peace. So we've joined a Kenyan worship service. I hope you enjoyed our little journey down to the neighborhood in Mathare. It's called... Uh, it's an African Christian church and schools, ACCNS Church, Mathari South. Each service lasts for an undetermined amount of time, usually between three and seven hours. Worship is all day. Sunday is about worship. It's not just an hour in the day or an hour and a quarter. Sunday is the day. It's God's day. And when Sarah and I first went, we didn't know how to do it. So we went to church and we sat all day. Until someone said, well, you know, you can get up and go to the market and get a banana and come back. You can, you can, go, you can go and stretch your legs and come back because there's usually three sermons and there's lots of singing and lots of things going on. It's not about putting in my time for an hour. At the end of the service, something that often happens is that someone will stand and say, you know, my, my sister, she has a medical problem and... And it's been bothering her. She went to the doctor, and the doctor told her that there's medicine that she can use to get better. There's no universal health care in Kenya. If you're sick, you're on your own. No drugs, no doctors, nothing's free. There are drugs, there are doctors, but it costs money. And if you don't have money, it's as good as not having it. So I remember many times someone would stand and say, um, Mary Wambui, that's a common Kikuyu name, uh, she's been to the doctor, she needs medicine, and she can only afford two pills, you know, and she needs two weeks 
of antibiotics, and, uh, and she doesn't have the money for, for the pills, for two weeks' worth of pills. So uh, can we as a church family help her? And, and that little church family and that little cracked floor with all that shanga falling on the roof, they'll take a second offering. And they'll pass a little, a little bag around, and we'll gather money for, for Mary Wambui so she can get enough pills for the month, for, well, two weeks. And usually there's a little left over so she can buy some meat because meat, meat gives you strength. Um, Kenyans are so compassionate and kind to one another. Um, when they see a need, they want to help. At the end of the service, we auction off the tithes. Many people don't have money. They bring chickens, they bring eggs, they bring cabbage, they bring tomatoes, and you auction it off. So thank you for having things ready this morning. Uh, the, the difference is there's no live chickens here, and chickens don't know how to worship. Just in case, you know, chickens have, they make all sorts of noise during worship because they know what's going to happen after church. So as we go into the harvest and we give God thanks, let us clothe ourselves properly like our Kenyan brothers and sisters do. Let us clothe ourselves. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with what? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So the clothes that we wear, that's what people see. People see what we wear when we go out into the harvest. May we clothe ourselves today with compassion, that sympathy and concern for the suffering and misfortunes of others. Are we caring for those in need? That's the clothes we wear. Clothe ourselves with kindness. Kindness is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Wear those clothes. Wear those clothes. We are to clothe ourselves with humility, thinking properly of ourselves and thinking better of others, seeing their needs before our own. Fourth, clothing ourselves with gentleness. Now, I love the word gentle. In Scripture, gentle is often used to refer to a a flowing stream. But also, gentle words are powerful words. And the word gentle man in the old days meant a man who, who was strong and kind Clothe ourselves, brothers and sisters, with gentleness. Lastly, clothing ourselves with patience. A patient person has the capacity to tolerate delay, trouble, and suffering without complaining. Patience. Clothing ourselves with patience. These are the clothes that we wear. This is what people see as we go into the harvest. And you know, whether you're in Kenya or or whether you're in St. Catharines, The clothes look the same. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. God bless you as you wear those clothes today. Thank you for coming to Africa with me this morning. Maybe one day we'll walk in Mathari and we'll have dirty shoes together and charcoaly hands. That would be a blessing. So my words to you as we finish are Mungo Aku Bariki. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We love you. We thank you for your call to be clothed. And we ask you to clothe us. Clothe us powerfully 
in the things that are important. Help us, Father, to, to find our joy internally and then to put on these clothes of Christ, this compassion. Make us, make us so sensitive to the sufferings of others that we can't help but give. And we think this morning, as we, as we raise funds for the mission work around the world and here at home, Father, we pray that you would give us compassionate hearts. Make us kind, humble, gentle, and patient with each other and with the world around us. We love you. We pray for your blessing and guidance today. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.